Well, happy Father's Day. I just want to share with you before we start what I got for Father's Day. Uh, my wife is not here today. She's, uh, she's north, and, uh, but she did think of me. So I, for almost 50 years, I've had skin problems, uh, just fair skinned, and so I have things cut out and burnt out, and I've had pre-malignant things, and I've had malignant things, and had to have plastic surgery, and, and so Friday was my destination day to go back to the skin specialist, and for those of you, have any of you had things burnt out with liquid nitrogen? Oh, about a 20 of you or so. Well, just let me say to you, for 15 seconds, the pain is excruciating. Like, it's really not fun at all. It's just plain pain. My wife has never come before, like never come before. And she decided she was coming this time because she tells me as I've got older that I now have age spots. And for a price, they will burn the age spots off your face. I thought I had two or three. So have you ever seen the commercial, Got Junk? Have you seen that commercial? And if you really want to be happy, all you have to do is just point. My wife loved this. She saw all these age spots as junk. And this person's going wild with this liquid nitrogen, and she would just point, zap, point, zap. But they found 20 of them. I was in pain for so long, and she enjoyed it so much. Happy Father's Day. I hope you did better than I, I hope the results turn out. I mean, I, I actually didn't mind the age spots, but oh well, just junk, that's all. Just point. <laughs> We've been talking with the healthy church that God works with God and finishes his work and we build his church according to his plans and we have a definition of what the church looks like. Some of you remember, it makes room for change and it lives in time. Hmm. I was 18 years old when I came to faith, long, long, I know, a long time ago. My goodness, 49 years ago, scary. But I really met Jesus, and he really met me, and it was so alive, and it was so real, and it was so amazing. And, and, I, and I do appreciate that there were moments of prayer and intercession, and we got to meet with God. And I remember one of those moments, I was on my knees, and I was just praying. And you ever had one of those moments that's just a little special in God, and the Holy Spirit shows up, and you just know that you know that you know you're in the presence of God? It was amazing. In fact, I was so aware of the presence of God, I actually felt Jesus come and put his arm around me. He put his arm around my shoulder, and I thought, wow, this is incredible. I've never felt Jesus like this before. So I opened my eyes to see if I could see him, and it was Joe instead. Joe was our youth pastor. Now, nobody would hire Joe as a youth pastor. Joe was 50 years old. He didn't know current music. He wasn't into sports. In fact, he was deaf as a pot. He just, he just wasn't youthy at all. But I remember he was a man of faith, and I remember asking him once, Joe, how come you're not healed? And he said, I don't want to be healed. He said, I, I said, pardon? He said, no, I don't want to be healed. He said, my life is chaotic. And every once in a while, it's so good just to be able to reach back and turn it off and not hear anything but God. He said, I don't want to be healed. I love the quiet times. Huh. But you know, it's interesting that all the youth in that youth group to this day, some of them are gone home, but for all of us still alive and all of us in the youth group, all of us serve God. Because Joe prayed for us. And I remember him praying with me. And the presence of God was so real. Jesus represented it made me feel like Jesus was there. Very interesting. Powerful. 
great moment of my life. Psychologists actually tell us that by the time you're 30, you have four turning points that change everything. Those turning points influence who you are and what you are and how you function. So uh, let me just briefly share my four. I know exactly what they are. <laughs> Coming to faith at 18 was one of those. It absolutely changed my life. To, just to know that God loved me, wanted me in his kingdom, wanted me to belong to him, gave a son for me to die for me so I could know him. I mean, it's incredible. It absolutely changed my life. And people like Joe helped influence that as I learned what that really looked like. I also, just in passing, this may not mean anything to you, but at 18, I started losing my hair. Not a bit of sympathy. Like, not a speck. I know, God doesn't put porcelain tops on junk furniture. I know. I heard them all. I've heard all the, I've heard all the ball jokes that ever happened. Probably wrote a couple. See, folks, but let me tell you, at 18, that's not good news. And it's fallen out in buckets, like my pillows covered. By the 20, time I was 22, I was significantly hairless already. But that was a turning point for me. Because by the time I was 22, I realized I had value whether I had hair or not. Now, let's be honest. Wouldn't you, would, would most of us not want to be a little different? I'd like to be taller. Wouldn't some of you? Am I the only one? I'd like to be thinner. It's an awful thing when you get older, you get thinner and thicker. It's supposed to be the other way. You know, not good, not good, see? But, but just life, just see, turning points. It was a big deal for me. Then I got married. That was a big deal. Sheila keeps telling me. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> no, it is. We just came back from Paris a little while ago, and we had such a great time because not only do we love each other, we actually like each other. 55 years later, we still like each other. So that was a major turning point. And the last one for me, I, I didn't know. I was called to ministry until I was 27. And I remember God's call so clearly in my life that that changed everything. So here, let me ask you this. If you're under 30, do you know what your turning points are yet? Probably not. But, but I pray that it's whatever it is that influences you, whatever it is that transforms you, whatever it is that's going, to set, that's going to set the course for the rest of your life, I pray that God will be one of those pieces. I pray that the heart of God for your heart will absolutely be one of the most transforming pieces in your life. I can tell you, it sure worked for me. It was amazing, and I pray it will work for you. And if you, like me, are now over 30, I pray that when you look back in your life, that along the way, one of those turning points, one of those foundation principles will have been God in your life, where you met with him and he met with you and it changed you forever. Turning points. All of those are in our past. And in some way, we actually all live in the past to some degree. All of us have a past. All of us are influenced by it. It's a source of memory and tradition and opinion and preferences. All the past does that. In fact, you probably know this, but there are actually three dimensions of time. You know this, right? We have the past, and the present, and the future. All of us live in the past. All of us do. Everybody here lives in the past, no matter how short it is or long it is. We all live in the past. We actually also live... In the present, the truth is the present is so interesting because it's so quick. Turn and look at your neighbor. Would you do that? You're sharing the present with them. Okay, now turn and look at your neighbor again. The first time you did it was already in the past. <laughs> like, isn't that scary? <laughs> the present is just this moment right now. That's all it is. And it becomes the past so, so quickly. 
And, and then all of us, whether we want to or not, live in the future. We all have plans and dreams, and we look at the calendar, we mark things down. The, matter, the future matters to us. And in all honesty, life would be barren without dreams and visions and hopes for the future. It would be barren. Thank God for the future. Here's the amazing thing. Time so influences us that we live in all three dimensions at exactly the same time. All of us live in the past. All of us live in the present. And all of us live in the future at exactly the same time. As I'm pondering all of this, I was reminded of a very familiar verse of Scripture because it tells us that God does exactly the same thing. Now, you understand that God is the God of time, but He's not in time. He created time for our benefit. He's eternally now. But for our benefit, He makes a statement about Himself through the person of Jesus, His Son, that sets the tone for all of our lives. And I love the fact that there's not one dimension of time that we live in that He has not come to meet us there. And the Bible says, Hebrews 13 and 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. I got one amen. Hmm. Say it again. Don't give me the amen. This is him. Okay? But I'd like an amen, right? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you for this truth, this wonderful, simple, profound, amazing verse that whether it's our past, it's the present moment or the future, you are the same. And while this verse is remarkably about you, God, it's also remarkably about us because it's in our past and our present and our future that you are the same. And the God of yesterday and today and tomorrow steps into our lives and changes us forever. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. God is a turning point. Yesterday is a turning point. I want to look at that for just a minute. So let's talk about your yesterday. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So he's the God of, for all of us. All, all of us live in the past. All of us have a back then. All of us have a yesterday. Uh, all of us have memories in the past and things we think about and opinions about how we're going to live. We were shaped and formed and influenced by our past and influences our present and influences our future. We're all marked by our personality that comes from family of origin and our experiences of life and our friends and our abilities and our gifts. And all of those are established in the past. And for those of you that are healthy, your past is accurate. You're a bit of a realist. You have an honest view of what's good and what's bad and you just understand it. And that's a healthy way to live. If you can look back at your past and celebrate it and appreciate it and not deny the realities that were not perfect or good, that's really healthy. There, there are many people not able to do that. There are all kinds of people living in their past. They have an inaccurate view of it all together, like completely inaccurate. I remember this lady asked me to visit her. She was new in our church and I did go to visit her, and she had two young girls. She was probably in her early 30s. Now, her husband had abandoned her about five years earlier. She was still before 30. She was just, just a young, late 20s, with two young children, and he abandoned her. And she began to tell me about her husband, and the more she talked about him, I thought, my goodness, I've never met anybody that good in my entire life. 
Like he was amazing, folks. He was perfect. He, he was tall, dark, handsome, bright, gifted, generous, kind, thoughtful, patient, understanding. And I'm thinking all the time she's telling me, why did he leave her? She must be really bad. Well, see, that wasn't true at all. She was a lovely person. Here's the reality. She was in love with a man who had never existed because she'd interpreted the past different from the reality. It's not hard to do that, friends. It's not hard to do that. My mom was raised at a home where her dad was an alcoholic and her mother left when she was just young and left three girls behind and took the son. And, and if she told her the stories, it didn't sound great, but when she remembered it, it was always colored with rose-colored glasses. Sometimes it's inaccurate. And I know that's not true. this is not true in Peterborough Calvary at all. But I have been serving God in ministry since I was 27. So, you know, I'm 28, like 27. That's 50 years, folks. I'm 77. And, and I've been in a few churches that remember the past that way. Inaccurately. They remember it fantastic, amazing, wonderful, powerful. Well, there were still people there, folks, so I know it wasn't perfect. They remember it through rose-colored glasses. And I'm thinking, I don't know if I want to go back to five services a week. Just a thought. I, I don't know if I want to go back to flanograph for the kids <laughs> or, or acetates on a screen for us. I don't know if I want to do that. Huh. It's interesting, isn't it, that we have a tendency to prioritize and glamorize the past in a way that may not be actually that, that good. I remember, none of you remember this, I'm older than most of you, but I remember having a phone that we shared a line with with seven different people. Her operator was Margaret. You had to call Margaret to call anybody. And every time your phone rang, everybody in the line heard the phone ring. We all had a different ring, but they knew it was ours. And they all answered the phone. Well, they didn't answer, they just picked it up to listen. I remember my first girlfriend, I would say to them, I can't hear because the more of you are on the line, would you please hang up so I can listen to her? I will tell you later what she said. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> my grandmother would share a recipe with somebody and seven families had her for dinner that night. Who wants to go back to that? <laughs> Nobody wants to go back to that. I, I love what, Steve, what, what Paul Harvey said. In times like these, it helps to recall there have always been times like these. And do you realize that all of you that enjoy this now, if you live long enough to be a generation 20 years from now, you'll be remembering the good old days, and these will be them. And they won't be that good. They won't be that bad either. They'll just be times. It's just the way it is. So God lives in all of that past. <laughs> and then there are those of you who remember it worse than it was. My dad's mom, my grandmother, was never happy unless she wasn't. Well, just one of those people, you know. She collected obituaries. Like, why would you do that? Hmm. Not hard to remember is worse than it was if we want. Built-in personality to some degree. Well, in truth, all of us live in the yesterday to a greater or lesser degree. And I just, I just want to mention to you that you and I have had a shared past already. I've been here with you since November. We have a shared past. I thought I'd bring it to you. I use a full text manuscript, 11 pages per week. Sometimes it gets shorter, sometimes it goes longer. Anyway, here's my full text for all of the weeks I've been with you. We have put on a book together. 
And I just want you to know, before you leave today, there will be a test <laughs> on all that we have shared. No, I, I wouldn't do that. I don't remember most of them. Why would I expect you to? Here's some good news. The good news is because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. He's able to step into our past. He's able to bring it to us in reality. He's able to step in and make a difference in who we are. And I want, I want you to, this, this church has a good past. The church in Peterborough was birthed in 1934 after some failed attempts before that. And in 1934, it started to have meetings, and all of a sudden, a church was formed. It was called the Full Gospel Pentecostal Church. It's now called Northview. Full Gospel Pentecostal Church. It wasn't until 1953 that there was a dream to start a church in the south end of the city. And it took 10 years. They bought land along the way, and finally in 63, they built a building, and Calvary was born. Now, most of you weren't here then. But God was there, because God's in the past. And eventually they left Arndon Avenue, went to Brealey, and then they, in 2002 they moved here. But you see, the past is really not about location. The past isn't about names. The past isn't even about dates. The past with God is always about people. And all along the way in the past, in the history of this church, God has given godly leadership, both lay and pastoral, and God has stepped into people's lives and transformed them because God is still building His church. And He will continue to do so because it's His church. I don't know if you think that's good news, but I really think that's good news. And not only is it good news, but there's more good news. What's true of the church is also true for you and I. We come here with our own individual histories, and God knew every step of the way. I just, I've said this once before. Let me say it again. The God who was here yesterday was with you when you breathed your first breath, took your first step, said your first word, went to school for the first time. He was there when you began to discover who you were, what you liked and what you wanted to be. He was there when you faced the transition to adulthood, fell into like, fell into love, found the right person of your dreams and married them, began your life work, saw the birth of your children, knew you intimately at the moment of your conversion. God was there, is there, because he is the eternal God who is always the same. We've never been alone. And that's what's going to happen soon. Pastoral leadership is going to change. God's been preparing her and preparing you for this work. And I, I, I love this. Whatever God has planted in your life and in hers are going to come together. And God is a future for this church and for you. Because he's the God of yesterday who has never abandoned us, never left us alone. And I love this. None of us show up brand new every day. I didn't wake up this morning and all of a sudden there was a new version. I wouldn't mind a new version sometimes. What about you? But, but I'm a culmination of all these 77 years. A culmination of loved and being loved and having troubles and trials. I'm a, you are too, whatever years you have. None of us show up brand new every day. But we can show up every day with God because he's the God of yesterday. I love that. And you were a culmination of all of those pieces. You ready? And God wants to use your past for his glory. Hmm. How is that possible, God? It wasn't all good. Yeah, it is possible because he's God. You see, I've got really good news. Huh. There are negative realities in our lives. Not everybody had a great father. 
Not everybody identifies with the image of God as Father. Parents are not perfect. Trials come. Pain happens. There's evil in our world. And some kind, sometimes some of us bear scars that are not deserved at all. At all. But they're there. And I'm so glad that the Jesus of yesterday can step into those scars and bring healing. Can step into your life and give hope can step into your life and mind and bring peace, can step into your life and mind and bring love. Because he is the God of yesterday. And even if your past was negative or debilitating, he is still able to stay, even now. Some of you still carry the burdens and the scars. God today is able to step into your life and bring wholeness and healing and help. What, 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 what should a child of God do with our yesterday, whether it's good or bad? What should a child of God do? Well, I think God gives us some hints. First of all, we should remember. Well, what do we remember? We remember the goodness of God. We remember that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. We remember the moments in our life when God showed up. Do you remember coming to faith? Do you remember? Let me see your hands. Do you remember? Is that not amazing or what? You ever have a prayer answered? Do you remember? Anybody ever been healed? Do you remember? Ever led anybody to Jesus? Do you remember? Ever saw a family member come to Jesus? Do you remember? How many of you were spiritually single? Your husband or wife was not a believer when you became a believer. How many saw them come to faith? Do you remember? See, God says, that's why we have communion. We have communion every month because we want to remember his death for us, that he's Jesus Christ the same. And we remember every communion that he's God. Because he steps into our past. And I actually like how David puts it really well. Here, here's what he says. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your, oh, this is, this is really good, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. This is pretty good. Am I the only one? This is pretty good. Did you notice what it says? It doesn't say remember. It says forget not. Do you know why? Because if we're really being honest, the goodness of God is so big and so great, we couldn't possibly remember them all. So let's not forget them all. Let's make sure that in our hearts we have this memory that we give to remembering as much as we can of the goodness of God. And some of them are big things and some of them are small. I have to confess, I was preparing this message. I have a story from our family I've never shared. And I didn't know if I would or not, but maybe I will today if that's okay. That's our daughter, Melissa. Melissa is our second child. Our first child was planned. And 19 months later, we had a second one. When she was born, um, our first son had reddish hair, but kind of more bald than hairy. And kind of, please don't tell him, he wasn't really the most beautiful baby. And he kind of drooled a bit. We thought we'd have to look for a woman who drooled so we could finally marry him off at 20. No, he's wonderful. We love him. 
But our daughter was drop-dead gorgeous. She was born with beautiful, massive hair, and she was just beautiful. And on the second day, they brought us to her, and she couldn't eat hardly. And she had diarrhea, which is not really normal for babies. We don't know where it came from, but she had, um, there's little fingers on the bowel called villi, and they absorb all your food. And she had developed an allergy to lactose, which means she can't drink milk. Well, what do you feed babies? Milk. And they were just wiped off. So at six weeks old, six weeks old, she weighed less than she weighed at birth. And she couldn't cry. She wasn't strong enough. Even then, a little skin would hang from her arm. That was, she was losing. She just wasn't doing well. And they wouldn't put her in the hospital because they said, if we put her in the hospital, she'll pick up some kind of an infection and she'll die on you. I don't know if that's true, but they wouldn't put her in the hospital. What would you have done with that? I could say, we did grieve. We grieved. We went into panic. We did. I've been serving God. I was a pastor. And we just, it was just awful. It was a terrible, terrible time. Really bad. Really bad. I was in Montreal at the time where there's traffic everywhere. And I remember on a Saturday, I was driving my car heading to some appointment. And I got to this four-way stop sign. And I stopped. And there was nobody on either side honking at me or yelling at me to move, which was a bit of a miracle in Montreal. Uh, And I remember... I remember, sorry, I'm, to this day it's so real. I remember saying to God for the first time, up to that moment, I, what you would pray like, I, I just pray she'd be healed. And I remember at that moment, bowing my head in the car and crying and saying, God, I'm giving her to you. Do whatever you have to do. I'm giving her to you. But I'm asking you, you know the future. If she will grow to serve you, will you let her live? And if she's not going to serve you, then she's covered by ours, according to Corinthians, our graces on her life because of us. I give you permission. I ask you to take her home. Oh, wow. All I can tell you is the presence of God filled that car. And I knew that I knew that God was in charge. I just knew. And I turned the car around and I drove home and I ran up the stairs to our apartment. I said to Sheila, I've heard from God it's going to be okay. And she's a smart mother. She asked a really important question. Is she going to live or die? And I didn't know. I just knew that God was there. That's what I knew. I get up the next morning to get ready for Sunday as I often do early and was praying and I went in to see how she was doing, and she was awake, and I changed her. This sounds really kind of funny, but she had saw the stool for the first time in her life, and she's never looked back, and is the mother of four children. And I've never done it for a moment, and there's never been one moment. Oh, this is the best part. No, no, this is the best part. I've never done it for a moment from that moment on. She's never had one moment when she hasn't served God. Not one moment. I don't know. I don't know what your yesterdays were like. I don't know how many big moments you've had. I don't know how many small moments you have. I only know this. Your yesterday was safe with God because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Oh, wow. 
Are you glad? Aren't you glad? And then he's not only the same yesterday, he's the same today. I I love this. Uh, You can call if you like the right now. He just, he lives in our past, he lives in the back then, he lives in yesterday, but he lives in us right now. He steps into time. The right now becomes God with us. It makes all of us conscious of time. It just does. And so I, I love words, so I thought I'd share a few quotes with you. I don't know why I like Dr. Seuss, but I do. How did it get so late so soon? It's night before it's afternoon. December is here before it's June. My goodness, just how the time has flown. How did it get so late so soon? I hope you got that the first time because I don't think I can read it again. Time is free, but it's priceless. You can't own it, but you can use it. You can't keep it, but you can spend it. Once you've lost it, you can never get it back. There's only one thing more precious than our time, and that's who we spend, who we spend it on. Every day is a bank account, and time is our currency. No one is rich. No one is poor. We've got 24 hours each. Time is more valuable than money. You can get more money, but you cannot get more time. Time is too slow for those who wait, too swift for those who fear, too long for those who grieve, too short for those who rejoice. But for those who love, time is eternity. Yesterday is the past, tomorrow is the future, but today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. I like that. Jesus Christ is the same God today as he was yesterday. God meets us in our today, friends. Do you know that for most of us, if we're really being honest, our days are not that exciting. For some of us, for some of you, for me, last week, the most significant, memorable part of my week was being burned by a doctor. (laughs) For some of you, the most exciting part of the week coming is a trip to the dentist. Our days are filled with ordinary common things because that's what we are. We're just ordinary, all of us. We're just ordinary people who happen to be loved by God. I love what Abraham Lincoln said. God must have loved the common people. He made so many of them. We, we fit that. See, but, but, but that same God who loves ordinary people, offers us something profound. He says, listen, it doesn't matter to me how ordinary your life is. It doesn't matter how common it is. I am the God of the universe, and I love you enough to step into your life and meet with you and talk with you and be with you. The greatest part of our life, folks, is not how much we accomplish or how much money we make or how many boats or cars or houses we've owned. The greatest part of our life is that the loving God loves us and spends time with us and wants to be with us and wants us to be with him. Right now. Right now. So you and I get to meet with God. And we can have divine moments with Him. Like one moment that can change everything. One moment believing, the next moment seeing. One moment needing, the next moment filled. One moment weak, the next moment strong. One moment journey, the next moment arrival. One moment dreaming, the next moment celebration. One moment striving, the next moment accomplishment. One moment here, the next moment there. And in God, in God, we have life and hope and deliverance and freedom and strength and power and presence and worship and fullness and wholeness and forgiveness and grace and mercy and comfort and likeness and potential and value and direction and help and healing, anointing and nearness. And I ran out of breath. God's waiting for you. Do you know, 
You can have moments when you worship Him. A moment of song, a moment of prayer, a moment of listening to a CD on the radio. Wait, no CDs anymore. Music on the radio. And on and on. You can bow your head at any moment, and He's been waiting for you to come. You can have right now moments with God, and they change everything. And that's not only true of you, it's also true of our church. That's why we gather, folks. We gather so we can sing the songs of faith together. We gather so we can meet with God. We gather for the Word. We gather for God to come and meet with us so we can be transformed. And that's not changing because you change pastors. It's the pastors that are changed. It's the God who's the same. That really matters. God is the same. I believe that God has a plan for your today, this right now, for this church. You're not finished yet with all that God has in mind for you. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that is the forever part. Oh, I love this. He is the God of tomorrow, forever tomorrow, the not yet. I, I love how C.S. Lewis is tomorrow in all of our lives. He's just going to be there. I love how C.S. Lewis says it. The future is something which everyone reaches at the rate of 60 minutes an hour, wherever he is and whatever, whoever he is, whatever he is. We're all there. We're all headed there. But we need to know the not yet of God. We need to know the forever bits not yet that are still coming. And there's just three areas that I think really matter. There's probably many more, but there's three that really matter. We must know the not yet of transformation. None of us are all we can be. None of us are all we should be. None of us ever will be. But I pray that you know more of God and you're better in God today than you were yesterday or last week or last year. There's a story from the Old Testament that has really guided my life in so many ways. Do you remember the story that, that Saul was anointed king and Israel wanted a king and God didn't want them to have one? It was supposed to be a theocracy, but because they demanded, finally God relented and gave them a king. Anyway, and he wasn't really good. He ended up going to a witch. It got, Saul got really bad. And so they wanted to appoint a new king who was actually going to be godly. So they sent Samuel to the house of Jesse. And there he meets a whole bunch of sons. There's a lot of funny, unique things around that. And he finally gets to David. And they were reluctant to bring David because all the other boys were tall, dark, and handsome, and David was short and ruddy. Red hair. Red rules. Powerful. And, well, it can't be him. can't be him because he's too short. He doesn't have the right skin color or the hair color. It can't be him. I love how God goes trans all kinds of cultural issues. Just gets by them all. Here's what he says. Man looks in the outward appearance, but God looks in the heart. Isn't that good? Aren't you glad of that? Have you looked in the mirror today? Aren't you glad of that? Every year I do a spiritual check. I just do based on that verse. Man looks in the outward appearance, but God looks in the heart. And every year I try to look at my own heart and I ask this question. Am I closer to God today than I was a year ago? Do I love God more than I did a year ago? Do I welcome His presence in my life more than a year ago? Can I say to you, 77 years later, 49 years of those as a believer, there's still more of God. And you and I could keep being transformed and growing in our faith and just keep growing and growing and growing and growing. There's no end of that. And that's what Pastor Michelle's coming to help you to do. She's going to come and help you with the transformation. And then there's faith. I, there are things in my heart that God's spoken that haven't come to pass yet. What about you? I've got family members that don't know Jesus yet. Any of you done that? I've got people that God's laid in my heart that I'm praying for salvation. They haven't come to salvation. Any of you like that? 
Uh, this is probably never going to happen to me, but you never know. I've had this dream in my heart that one day that I would be in a service and I'd have the privilege of preaching and every single sick body in the entire room would be healed. It's never happened. But I think that I know it can happen. I dream of it happening. I still dream of it happening. I have to be honest. I don't know if it'll happen, but I dream. I know God can do it. I just keep dreaming. See, somewhere along the way, there has to be some faith moment in your life or it's not a future with God because not everything happens today. And part of having a faith moment with God is you dream the future and God draws you to that and His power comes and His Spirit comes and there has to be that future moment. There just has to be. Transformation is continuous. Faith moments still have to be lived out. And, and I, I actually believe Pastor Michelle is going to, you're going to see some of your faith moments come to pass when she's here. While she was here, because she is here, big spelling type, that's what happens when you do it in the middle of the night or the early morning, and because God is here, those faith moments will come to pass. And you're ready? There'll be more of them born in your hearts. Because God's always building the future. Always, always, always. And last, there is a future. There's just a future. That's why you're having a new pastor come. There's a not yet for this church. And I can hardly wait to see what's going to happen. And are you ready? There's a not yet for you. I don't know if it's going to happen from Thessalonians or not. The trump will sound and the dead will rise. I believe that. It's in the Bible. But you and I may not go that way. We might, but we might not. We might just get called home. Aren't, aren't you glad that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever? Because guys, whatever, listen, you know, whatever else is true, this is really short. I can't believe how fast the 77 years have gone. But I have this faith in my soul, and you do too that God is preparing us for something bigger and better and longer and fuller and richer than this. There's a better future for this church and for you, but there's a better future for us in God because Jesus Christ is the same. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. Can I ask you some questions? What do you want for your life? What do you want for your family? What do you want for your circumstances or situations? What hopes are you harboring in your heart? What do you want for this church? What spiritual victories do you want to win? What lives do you want to touch? What growth do you envision for you and those around you? What victories still need to be won? What healings need to take place? What relationships need to be strengthened or restored? What do you want for your spiritual life? Here's what I know. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever.